This is the GPL Podcast from GopherPuckLive.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 163. Well, I didn't get a chance to record a new beginning, but uh, one little announcement up at the top here is that uh, this Hammy's uh, decided to kind of retire from the GPL Podcast. You know, he's been with us since the, since episode number one back in 2011, but you know, you know, things going on in his life, you know, like a new woman in his life and new job stuff. And uh, he just uh, wasn't going to find the time for it anymore. So uh, we say goodbye to Hammy, but I'm guessing he may be back here a few times in the future. Uh, but Vs, now it's just you and me for right now. You, me, and special guests from time to time when we're blessed to have people on with us. Yeah, we've had a lot of guests this year so far. And uh, we're bringing back one of our favorites, Paul Caponegri. Cappy, how you doing? I'm great, guys. Uh, happy holidays. Uh, not the best holiday there uh, last <laughs> Thursday, but uh, hopefully a better one coming for Christmas, right? And, and well, we hope so. But, uh, you know, Viggs, um, maybe that's why Hammy. Hammy just gave up after he saw that Thursday game. You know, some people, when tough times come, they just throw in the towel. <laughs> they reprioritize how they want to spend their time. And uh, as I've said, you know, high-profile sports, not for everybody. You know, there's there's plenty of rec league out there. Yes. Well, um, as we were alluding to, you know, that uh, the big series of North Dakota this past weekend, Thursday and Friday, and Boy, North Dakota came in Thanksgiving night, and uh, it, it may have been better if Minnesota just stayed home and ate the turkey vegs because um, no matter what way you put it, that was ugly. You know, and here's the funny thing about that game is you look at the score, and maybe that's what you think. You think it was the repeat of what happened against Penn State, but if exactly. you watch the actual game, it was a totally different situation where Minnesota was just not prepared they were careless with the puck. As Bob Motzko said, they basically fumbled the ball on their goal line and handed five goals to the other team, and it just spiraled out of control. And I don't think it was one of those games where the opponent necessarily put up the big numbers. The Gophers did it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And tough game to watch, but there were still some players who were competing. Uh, Cappy, you know, you played for yeah. a long time. Um is this on the players or the coaching staff when something like this happens? I mean, a coaching staff can come in and be very prepared and say, you know, say all the right, right. things. But I'm thinking kind of in the end, it, it is on the players. But is it on – I mean, where does this lie? I, I mean, it's it's on both, I mean, quite frankly. And, and you know, where, where Viggs is talking about with turnovers and stuff like that, that's more on the players because that's not an X and O thing. Uh you know, at some point, you know, the coaches, yes, they're supposed to motivate you and get you prepared for the game, but you got to be prepared knowing, especially when you're going against North Dakota, most of these kids, whether they're freshmen or whatever, they know that this is a big rivalry and maybe, maybe it was more nerves and they were trying to do too much to get with this big rivalry. But, you know, it sounded like I, ta- I 
listened to Coach Moxville's show earlier, and he talked about, we, you know, we gave them a lot. It wasn't that they took it. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's a, more on the players. You know, maybe they just weren't ready to fill up such big, you know, hype series. Well, and then on top of that, uh, Viggs, it was pretty much a home game for North Dakota. Yeah, I know that there was a lot of feedback that the local fans were not too pleased with the holiday contest, but the Green were more than happy to take over the building. I thought they did it both nights. At least Minnesota answered the bell a little bit from a fan perspective for the second game, but on Thursday you just heard let's go Sue often (laughs) throughout the game (laughs) as they were very happy to see the big number put on the board for the big Green team. Yeah, and, and I would say that uh, quite a lot of seats that might be uh, season ticket seats were filled by green. So I think a lot of people kind of gave up their tickets to, you know, busy on the weekend, you know, for uh, not for um, Thanksgiving weekend. And because, uh, you know, there were obviously a lot of North Dakota fans on the ends where the tickets are easier to get. But there was still quite a bit in the middle sections there, Viggs. Yeah, and I don't think it was so much the traveling as Coach Bob Motzko alluded to after the weekend. He's like, you know, you could say that they travel well, but we know a lot of those people live in the Twin Cities where all the great jobs are. <laughs> but, you know, they they like to follow their team. It's the big show in town for North Dakota. I think it's part of the appeal to some of the players who go play there is that is the show up up in uh, North Dakota, whereas here it's a, it's a shared environment. And a lot of the spotlight right now has been on Gopher football, uh, the Twins, the Vikings, even the Timberwolves a little bit. We got our United soccer team. So there's a lot of a lot of spotlights here in the Twin Cities, and Minnesota probably hasn't earned a lot of the following so far uh, under this regime, and it shows in the stands. The fans just are not enthused to be there. I don't think the ticket prices are as big a deal as everybody likes to make it out to be. I think if they start winning, maybe they'll get fans back. But really – you know, the fans have disappeared a little bit. Cappy, uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I've never seen anything like that for a yeah. home game at Mariucci where it's clear that the, the home fans were outnumbered by uh, the opposing team's fans. Right. I, well, I mean, now I don't know the history as well, but is this the first time that you they played on Thanksgiving? I mean, that's pretty yes. rare, I think. So yeah. I'm sure that, that had, a lot, had some things to do with it. A lot of people you know, maybe leave town or at least for the day, you know, they're from other parts of Minnesota and or they're, they're an hour away and do they want to hustle back to Minneapolis to get to that seven o'clock game or do they want to spend the night with their family. So I think probably a mixed bag. And then you have North Dakota people that maybe made this like, oh, we're going to spend our holiday mm-hmm. in Minneapolis and see the games. And I, nobody travels like North Dakota in the country. I, I mean, as far as I know, it seems like they're they're on a different level from anybody. So. Uh, yeah, for you guys, I'm sure this is like probably the toughest pill to swallow, but I think it's a very, <laughs> there's a lot of factors besides the, I mean, we could start our own podcast just on this attendance thing and all that <laughs> fix. I mean, literally that gets talked about more than anything. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen where, you know, the Gophers get on top again and, you know, things go back to, or, you know, at some point the big 10 is all people are going to know because it's going to be around for so long. So, uh, you know, like the Cubs used to say, it's going to happen at some point. 
Well, like like Veeks kind of alluded to, you know, Moscow says, you know, it's not like they stay in Grand Forks when they graduate. A lot of them, you know, grew up here, go to Grand Forks, they go to Duluth, they go to St. Cloud, wherever, and they come back here. And, and North Dakota is, is, is a very good school, you know, in you know, aviation and many other areas. And Viggs, they just come back here because this is where the jobs are. And you know what? When their team's in town, they're going to support it. Yeah, I know hospitality is a big thing for North Dakota, and there's a lot of places to stay here in the Twin Cities. And they came to the building for the WCHA Final Five when it was at Excel, and you almost kind of had that atmosphere on on the Friday game. I mean, we had more Minnesota fans there. The game was a little more even. There's a lot of buzz in the building. It was one of those games where regardless of which team was scoring, there was buzz. So there was just a constant energy in the building. I know Chris Peters from ESPN was there, and he said this is the best college hockey atmosphere he's experienced in a while. And that just shows you what this rivalry can do to the college hockey. And it was a great experience. I feel bad for people who stayed away because they feel bad about the old WCHA and the Big Ten and the NCHC. They missed out on a great atmosphere on Friday night. They did, and uh, you know, obviously the team didn't show up Thursday night, but uh, Viggs, we kind of talked about it last week on the podcast. Uh, uh, I like having this uh, this rivalry played on this weekend. You know, uh, maybe not a Thanksgiving, but a Friday, Saturday, and uh, maybe have it take place of what would used to be the College Hockey Showcase, which for me was one of my favorite things every year, was playing Michigan and Michigan State on Thanksgiving weekend. It was that way from... 93 to 2010 it was always full well not always completely full the students were gone but there was still a big crowd um and it was something i look forward to every year i think if you know if north dakota could do this series again next year on that weekend i think it'd be a good thing i would love to see that become a tradition yeah it's got potential it's just the one fear is you always have to deal with football if you're at minnesota i mean there were 53,000 people here on that saturday and we've seen games on thursdays sundays one of the options would have been maybe a wednesday game this year and all those games have been difficult for ticket holders so i think it's hard to do this series in the twin cities on a friday saturday if there's football obviously north dakota doesn't have that issue i think it's a great weekend for college hockey uh it's difficult because the students can't make it as well Uh, but we'll see it's it's great that they're still playing each other and you get that experience but I, after seeing the results on Thursday night, it's just hard for me to see it being an every year thing. <laughs> and what's with this Jekyll and Hyde team, Paul? I mean, how how are you seeing it from a, from a little bit of from afar? Because you know Minnesota yeah. will play great; they'll play great against Wisconsin. But the you know week before, you know against Penn State, it was awful, giving up a ton of goals. They do the same thing Thursday night against North Dakota giving up, I want to say, a record nine goals at Mariucci. They'd never given up that many before. Um, this team is just all over the place right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I guess the easy answer is they're young, the you know, <laughs> youngest team in college hockey. Um, but at some point, you you know, maybe not yet, but at some point you, got, you can't use that as your crutch. Uh, you know, these guys got to, you know, learn learn a lesson i mean it's like a kid you know you do something wrong you get punished by your dad you know you learn your lesson or you don't you know if you don't you know you're you're gonna be in the doghouse forever and you may not in in this instance you're not gonna be playing um and so it's just 
you know, growing pains, but at some point you got to learn like, okay, we, we had a great game Saturday. We feel good. We had a good week of practice, but you can't just think it's just going to happen automatically next Friday night. You got to, you know, have that same mental, maybe desperation after that Friday night and you get beat badly, you come out harder Saturday. Well, you got to come out with that same mentality the next Friday. And I think a lot of these guys are, are learning that. And then even, you know, guys like, you know, Sammy Walker and Blake, you know, they, they haven't put the consistency up either. And it's just really hard uh, to win. If you're, you're the guys, even if they're young, but you're relying on them to do a lot of the stuff for you. If they're not coming out as consistent, you're going to have a hard time winning games. I think one of the issues for this team is the 19 freshmen and sophomores and just learning how to handle being college hockey players and how to handle success. I think we heard after the weekend, you know, Tyler and Annie say, you know, we just didn't come ready. We took selfish penalties. Ben Myers reiterated we didn't come ready to play. Uh, Jared Moe said, you know, we had a lot of young guys who are here to turn around in the program, but we need to see who's committed. So I just wonder, you know, when they come into these series, are they taking it as seriously as they need to? Because when we talk about these veteran teams, the thing that they do is they're consistent and they're ready to play and they stick to their system and they're difficult to play against. And in these nights where we've seen Minnesota totally bomb out the first night, it's just no consistency getting away from their systems. And I just wonder if, you know, going into their first game every night, if if Bob's going to put the the lockdown on the team and and take control of their schedules and take control of their timing and really make sure that they're dialed into play, because I I don't think they want to go through this again. It's happened three times now. Yeah, I mean, well, let me. I just real quick, if I want to piggyback off that. Is I mean, it's like another like a parent. If you know, you're going to trust your your kid to do his homework, but if he doesn't do it then you're going to stand over there and watch him do it, you know? And I think that's maybe eventually if it doesn't change that Bob's going to have to do that with the team to make sure, you know, he's going to have to, you know, micromanage, you know, and I'm sure he doesn't want to do that, but at some point you're going to have to do whatever it takes to get these guys over the hump or you'll find out they're not, or they're not the guys you want to find around, but you got to find out one way or another. Cappy, did you ever have teams like that where the older guys really had to, you know, lock down the young players and let them know what goes into preparing to be a big time athlete. I mean, so I was in a pretty similar class um, as these guys have. We had 11 freshmen in my, my freshman class. Uh, we had about, we had about five upperclassmen. And so we had about seven sophomores, 11 and five. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a pretty, but we weren't, you know, we weren't at that point we were rebuilding. So there wasn't a ton of expectation there. Um, but what I loved about it is we got to play right away. A lot of times when you're a freshman, you're coming in there just trying, geez, just trying to make the lineup. So I don't know, maybe it's a thing of guys are getting maybe, you know, opportunity without having to work for it so much. I, you know, I don't know if I'm not in that locker room. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, when I had it and we had it, we, we, we loved it. We were like, Oh, we're going to be underdogs. We're going to go cause some havoc and see what happens and you know we had a 500 season which wasn't that bad considering how young we were but you know i man every guy takes it differently too the other thing with that is these guys are all coming in as from successful careers before they were the go-to guy right and now they're coming into where you know they're not the go-to guy or you know they're like whoa this is difficult 
lot harder than maybe I thought it was because I came in as, you know, an all, you know, an all, all state guy or, you know, the high recruit. And it kind of gives you a slap in the face, like, whoa, this is hard. I need to like figure this out. And I've never had to go through this before because I've always been the great player on my team. So uh, there's a lot of things that go into it as a young guy. And, uh, you know, clearly they have the talent, these guys, or they wouldn't have got there. But, you know, at some point, you know, adversity can make is either going to make you or break you. Just one last thing on this this youth movement that's happening now, now at Gophers Hockey is Motsko said after the game he specifically started Sorensen, Myers, Nelson, Stodiker, Johnson, and Moe, all freshmen the next night. And he did that to let them know that I have confidence in you and you are the ones who are prepared and ready to go, and I want you to, to lead us out of this. So I thought that was very intentional. He brought it up. He reiterated it this week again. So I I think he's trying to prod these guys almost to take a little bit more rope, as we could say. Yeah, I mean, that's important. I mean, you, he like I said, nobody knows you know the the heartbeat of the team or how they are than than Bob. So you know. And I listened to probably the same thing you did with his show. And, you know, he talked about, yeah, I, you, you want to keep these guys confident, but it's, you know, where's that? It's the balancing act of, yes, I want them confident, but they also be held accountable. So I think it's a, it's a tough balancing act, but they're young. And, uh, you know, these are the last two games before Christmas coming up and, and hockey's that one crazy sport where you get a break and you come back and you almost feel like it's a new year or, you know, you're a sophomore because you have that experience. So that might be something that's important. And that kind of leads us into this weekend, Viggs. Um, you know, Moscow has a chance to bring the, you know, the kids on the road, keep them a little more focused. Um it's, but it's a different beast with Ohio State this weekend. They're typically not your run-and-gun team. They're more structured. They play solid defense. So it's kind of a, they're going to have to come in with kind of a different attitude and a different way of uh, handling this, won't they? Well, I think anytime you go on the road, it's going to be more structured. And I think when they've had a tough weekend, they've rebounded really well. They've kind of had this Jekyll and Hyde season where they, they play poorly uh, the first game respond the next game and then the next weekend everything's fine again so i think this weekend's probably a good opportunity for them to go up against number seven ohio state and put forth a good effort and i think they have the talent to do it so it'll be interesting to see what they do this weekend ohio state very disciplined senior team they do not give away the game they're very difficult to play against it's going to be low scoring they're getting good goaltending they've got great special teams Uh, so it's going to be a good test well, what are your initial thoughts with Minnesota coming in, kind of uh, struggling here, Cappy? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like kind of like you said, Ohio State's not going to blow blow away their doors, or at least I don't think so. That's just not the way mm-hmm. they play, and I I think this maybe sets up for a you know something Minnesota uh, can be successful in terms of you know Ohio State's not going to come out and run you out of the building in the first period. They're going to you know. They're not, they're offensively aren't, you know, up and down enough and they don't try to take a ton of chances. So, and in Minnesota had a great series there last year. So, and you know, half of these guys, about half, maybe a little more were, were there for that. And that helps a lot of times when you see success in a, a road building, a lot of guys can come back with some confidence in that. Um, but they're just going to have to show some discipline. Like, like Vig said, uh, Ohio state will not make many mistakes 
They, their defense is really good. They're really good in their zone of keeping the pucks out of dangerous areas. And then when they are in dangerous areas, Tommy Napier uh, is, is pretty darn good in net. And even their, their uh, freshman goalie came in uh, for a couple games and beat Penn State on the road and then uh, the first game against Michigan State. So both things in defense, especially, like Vig said. Uh, but I, I, I think this is a series Minnesota's got a good chance to, to, to get one out of there at least. I would agree with you on that one. Uh, you know, coming into to Ohio State, you know, it's kind of it's that last series of you know the first half of the season, Vigs, and you know Ohio State isn't the, the strongest atmosphere. I mean, they've got a cavernous arena, you know, holds seventeen thousand. They're averaging around five thousand, probably less than that actually show up. So it, it won't be an intimidating atmosphere. But you know, this like Cabby says, Minnesota's got a good chance to kind of go into this break on a, on a pretty good note here. Well, and the interesting thing about the Buckeyes is they don't play a high-pressure style of hockey, and that's tended to be the style that's gotten Minnesota in trouble when they play the Penn States and North Dakotas, teams that are real in your face, that gets them in trouble. Uh, St. Cloud, back when Motsko was there, played that style against Minnesota, and it gave them fits. Teams like Notre Dame, Ohio State, even Minnesota Duluth, most times when they play, sit back a little bit more and try to counterattack you. And I feel that kind of plays into Minnesota's skill and allows that to shine through a little bit. And maybe this is a weekend where we see Sammy Walker and Blake McLaughlin stay out of the penalty box (laughs) and stay on the ice and produce because they've been struggling a little bit. Uh, They're probably looking to have more points than they have right now. And they're spending a lot of time in the box with bad penalties in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone, on the power play. And their coach hasn't been shy about bringing that up. Uh, He's brought it up many times. So it's something to watch this weekend to see if they maintain their discipline and are effective hockey players. And that could be the difference, quite frankly, in the series, where it could be they could get a win, possibly more, or get nothing is penalties. Uh, Ohio (laughs) State's power play is pretty good. Um, they do have enough skill on that side, uh, you know, with Lazinski and Westland and Meyer. Uh, they are missing Matt Miller, which I think he's coming back after the, the Christmas break, but he's got the big shot from the point that they're missing. But they still have that, and their power play's been pretty good. So that is, you know, one of the caveats to Minnesota's success is can they stay out of the box and then obviously on the power play maybe take advantage of one because goals are going to be kind of hard to get against the Buckeyes. Power play has not been great for Minnesota, to say the least. Um, question from 404 Champs, uh, Viggs. Is Noah Weber getting closer to playing? I don't think so. He, you know, he has a pretty serious eye injury that uh, as it got evaluated over the summer, it was worse than they thought it was going to be. It was one of the reasons he didn't want to uh, commit to the Air Force because that might have been an issue going forward. So he's cleared to skate, so he's back able to get on the ice and do a little work there. But he's not cleared for contact. He's not cleared to return for practice. So it's going to be a, kind of a tough road back for him. He did get on the ice, so that's encouraging. But I wouldn't expect him to contribute this year. Oh, for this year. Or at least yeah, I mean, yeah. those those eye injuries, they can be so difficult to protect. And it's just, <laughs> yes. if you injure your eye, that's pretty permanent. So they, they want to keep that safe and make sure he's healthy long term. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm thinking this is going to be a little bit better weekend for Minnesota and a little more fun. But to, on your end, Cappy, uh, yeah. you've been having a lot of fun this fall. You've been doing a lot of... Uh, <laughs> 
road trips to all the different, you know, Big Ten schools doing a lot of video bits. I mean, you did a great bit here. Uh, was it the Dinah School bit you guys did here? Uh, that was one of them. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Was, I think that's the one that's aired so far. Yeah, that was good stuff. But you, you've gotten fun. around to, to all these schools and you've been doing some, a lot of fun bits. Yeah, I, I it, you know, kind of get some personalities out there. Find out a little about these guys. I mean, most of the time, all you do, it's kind of like football. All you do is see these guys behind the masks, right? Yep, and yep. you don't get to, to get to know any of them or, you know, get to see the other side of them, their personalities. So, and even with the coaches and all that, and then seeing the facilities. Those are the three things mainly we were trying to get out is, let, you know, almost, almost like a pseudo recruiting type <laughs> of tape to an extent for each school to show, you know, the great things about their university. And then uh, um, talk about, you know, have some coaches talk and then just meeting some of the guys, captains, fun players, guys that like doing this stuff. We wanted, didn't want guys to be, you know, uh, the shy guys that weren't interested in it. So uh, we had some fun and it was great getting to know some guys a lot better. uh, And uh, it was a lot of fun and got to see more of each campus. There's some of the campus, you know, you come into town, when I occasionally do games and you see you go to the rink and you go to the hotel and back, you don't yep. really go around campus and see the other aspects of it. So that stuff was all all uh, gravy and, and tons of fun. And it looks like you've lost part of your shot. You don't quite have your shot like you used to because uh, <laughs> I, I don't Wait remember what school it was, but Which you're doing a little contest. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, so we did that. None of them have aired yet, I think, except for the one I did the shooting room in Penn yes. State. Right. Yes. That was okay. That first, that was the first, first trip. Hadn't shot some pucks in a while. Took you a while to warm up <laughs> off camera. Right. But we also did on the ice shooting. I did like a little competition with uh, players at most of the schools. I think five of the seven, uh, Notre Dame and Mich- Michigan. We didn't, um, but I went out with Sammy Walker. We did a little uh, three bar competition uh, and, there was a little, actually, a little a bit of a controversy Uh-oh. in our contest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, we had a lot of fun with that, and uh, it was a blast. I mean, to get to do that stuff with all the places, and, and Minnesota was great. Uh, walked around campus with uh, the captain Tyler Danny. Uh, the Adina thing was was classic. I mean, <laughs> the guys just. You know, it, that was the one thing, like, you know, when they, they get a little nervous when you talk to them sometimes on camera, but when you bring up something like that, a lot of them just then go right to what they exactly feel about the place. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the guys were just brutal on the Edina, <laughs> even even on their, on themselves. I thought I was impressed with that content. I mean, you got as, as pure honesty as I've ever, you know, as you see, you know what I mean? It just sometimes certain uh, topics for wherever it is, uh, the, the true emotion comes out. And you definitely saw that. And, Kathy, and growing up, did you play much hockey against Minnesota kids and everything? You know, now we have all these camps and things like that and AAA right. traveling hockey. Felt like back in our day, it was more mm-hmm. isolated and maybe it was Minnesota against Michigan as a whole, but. Did yeah. you get any perspective going into it? I mean, I, when I grew up, we didn't play against Minnesota teams much until I was maybe like 15, 16. And then that wasn't even playing against me. That was going to like the USA camps and all that kind of stuff where you finally kind of meet these kids for the most part. Like I, I played a team, Illinois, you know, which was AAA. We would go and play in that Michigan, the Michigan league. And we'd play all those teams. We never went West. We never went really even near Wisconsin much. So, uh, I feel like now everything is 
so blended together uh, um, that, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's changed thing. I mean, there's always change, but yeah, it's definitely different than uh, growing up. You didn't, they were like these mythical creatures over there in Minnesota. Uh, you didn't know, you heard about them. You knew they were good players, but you never really saw them because we never played against them. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're all really good. I mean, I think Jordan Leopold was my uh, age group. Uh, Johnny Pohl, I oh, think, boy. was. I'm trying to think of a few you're, other guys. You're dating yeah, yourself now. Out. What's that? <laughs> you're dating yourself now. I mean, early 2000, yep, you know, college that's... in 2000 or so, 2001, <laughs> 2003. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's in the 2000s, so it's not that bad, right? Well, we know that Grandpa Tony chirped you pretty hard during a yes, junior game. Yes. So, yeah, that's, yeah, we had a good time with that. <laughs> 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 Told that story last time off that I was in the extended part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's one thing that is different today. Like you say, Viggs, they have all these camps, they're playing against each other. A lot of times, you know, when these guys hit the ice against each other, they've known each other for years. Yeah, and especially now with the association hockey doing all the state tournaments that they do, you know, these kids get to play Edina in a lot of events, and that builds up over time. I did a story last year on the Edina hockey machine and how many kids they have coming out for mites every year. It's like, you know, 300 new players every year. You know, they have an association that's got, you know, 12 teams at each level. It's just amazing the, the number of people they're teaching the game of hockey and there's a lot of people that move there that want to be a part of that. And it's just amazing to watch. And they've been very successful at it. And I think a big part of it is all those guys want to give back. I think one of the things that resonated with me is when you ask the Edina guys what they think of when they hear that town, they think of it as home. And so many of those guys, when they grow up and have families, you know, they're on the ice with the eight U kids. They're teaching them how to skate. They're teaching them their edges. And that pays off down the line as those kids get older and become Bantams and start playing the state high school tournament. Yeah, I, I think when you have a great experience in something, you want to go back to it or you want to be part of it. Just like college, you go to whatever school you did. If you had a great experience, you love the players, you love the school, you want to go back. If you love growing up in a Dinah and you were successful and all that, of course, you're going to want to go back to that. So that just makes complete sense. You guys are making me miss my hockey program that doesn't really exist anymore. They're actually kind of making a comeback. They are doing a really hard sell on their alumni to get back and be a part of their program and, and coach where they can and do alumni games. Jefferson, uh, they're trying to get their numbers up, and it's it's effective. It's probably going to take a while for it to pay off for the high school team, but their association's making a run for it. That would be good because I have a lot of fond memories there at the Bloomington Ice Garden, you know, Seeing all those great players that came through my high school, but they, you know, after that three peat, you know, they had some good teams after that, but they, they've been kind of quiet the past twenty years. Um, whereas Edina just keeps pumping them out, Viggs. It's amazing. It <laughs> you is. know, we've seen the the hockey move out, you know, to different rings of the suburbs. You know, it used to be you know Jefferson and Edina and Burnsville. And now it, you know, it's Maple Grove and Osseo for OMG and Wyzetta. But Edina, they just hang in there. When I was in high school, Lakeville was barely, it wasn't even really a suburb. It was a town on the edge of the cities. <laughs> now they've got two high schools that I believe they won a state championship. or I don't remember which school, but I know they have. But uh, you think of those teams, that, it is kind of like a, a ring that goes out. 
you know, start with the inner city schools and, you know, hit the Edinas, hit the Jeffersons and has gone out. But Edina was able to hold on to that while the rest of the schools have kind of lost at Viggs. Yep, it's always going to be changing except for Edina, it seems like. And come <laughs> come March, they're the team everybody either loves to love or loves to hate. So, Cappy, are you going to be in the studio with Pizzo this weekend? Uh, no, I will. I, I don't even know if Pizzo will be there. I um, They'll just be running the features on Friday night. Yep. Same. It's what, kind of what they've been doing the yep. last, you know, they've actually played quite a few games the first half. I mean, I remember in the last couple of years, I think the only games that were aired were this weekend, the last weekend before break. It was a little thinner. All the football yep. was over. Um, but they've actually done some Thursday games. You know, they're trying to get more in the front half of the season, which I think is good. Uh, I think some maybe hurts a little bit because, you know, some people just aren't quite in hockey mode yet. It's like they have their season. It's like, okay, it's football. Now once, you know, December hits, okay, hockey starts. You know, it's it's funny how people almost like are, uh, you know, computers like that. Like, okay, now it's hockey time, and they they tune in looking for it. But uh and football kind of rules Big Ten Network in the fall. It just it's just a fact. It does. You know, and, and that's and Pizzo will be on the road I mean, at the game. Football rules and, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially this year. You know, you got you got a team like Minnesota popping up this year, doing really well in football. Um, and you know, I, like I said, I've seen Pizzo on the road. He's interviewing coaches right after games. I mean, he's been a busy boy. He, he's been a little less in the studio. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, I think he's been somewhere every weekend. So, yeah. you know, when you do that, you're there, you know, maybe Thursday, even through Saturday, yep. uh, a lot of the time. So that's, yeah, I think he enjoys that. And he's, you know, he's good at that. He does, he doesn't need to hear this, but you know, he does every, every part of that job. He does really well, whether he's in the studio or interviews, he's even done a few play by plays, which we've talked about hoping to get back in to do a couple together, but uh, there's just too many other guys, and he's too busy with so many other things. But uh, yeah. Well, Pizzo was in town for uh, a Gopher football game this year. Did he give you any feedback on his visit to Minneapolis? Pease? No. He, well, yeah, he was there two weeks ago when they – or the Penn State game, am I correct? Um, yeah, yep, because yep, they, they, they did a show they did from the stadium. The tailgate there, right? Yep. yep. Oh, he loves it there. He, I mean, he always tells me we have this story going back to the the initial year of Big Ten when the first first year of the Big Ten tournament they had we had two studios going we had like a a, a studio on the concourse there that he ran by hit with himself and then he'd have a guest come in or I think even Climber would join him a little bit and then back in Chicago I was with Mike Hall for those days yeah and. Uh, He's like, he always tells me that they just had a blast. They, they had a good time. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of jealous that I was <laughs> from, from Minneapolis. But, uh, yeah, that first year, they went heavy for that one. I remember we had two studios going for that. Uh, and then, of course, that was the year, you know, Ohio State upset Minnesota in the semifinal. Yep. Uh, and so, like, the final was against Wisconsin-Ohio State, and there was nobody in the building in that. <laughs> yeah, P- I, I got to say, you know, we've had Pizzo on the podcast quite a while ago. We should get him back yeah. on sometime. But uh, I remember that first year, like you said, they had two sets. And, you know, Pizzo even registered as a user on go for puck live message board and said, Hey guys, what are you looking for? Well, I mean, I'm asking the fans, what are you looking for in coverage? And he was actually reaching out to, yeah. to, to his audience, which sure. you know what? You don't see that much. So well, he, yeah. 
he's definitely interested. He's a hockey in guy. He loves it. Yes. He loves his job. He's really good at it. So it's that's good stuff. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, get back to this weekend, Viggs. I, I want to hear sure. your prediction. Uh, I, I think I think Ohio State's a great opponent for Minnesota right now, and I think it's a, a really good opportunity. Uh, I would love to see a split at least for Minnesota. Um, what are you seeing right now? You know, I picked them to get swept against North Dakota because I just saw that big green team come in. I thought it was going to be a tough matchup for them, and I just – felt wasn't going to be a good situation but i feel like going into ohio state with the almost complete opposite you know they play a style that fits what minnesota can have some success against and i think they get at least four points this weekend wow Ooh, wow i'm liking I, that i almost was leaning that way okay <laughs> hey now careful it's, you're going against your your alma mater here <laughs> well right i i'm not gonna pick that um i think I, I I think it'll be a split, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. I know that's an easy easy thing to say, but my reasoning is a little... I think Friday night, they should get a, a pretty decent crowd on Friday night. Yeah, the football game isn't until Saturday. Um, you know, they'll do okay, and I think they'll come out strong, and, and I think they'll get Friday night, and I think Minnesota will come back. Uh, everybody's going to be watching this football game Saturday night probably be, be a little quiet in there and i think minnesota will, will come in and, and you know get three points but i you know i saw this ohio state team play earlier at notre dame and man it was it was a really good hockey you know two teams like heavy discipline and you know one goal games and ohio state is hard on the puck they play hard you know that's one thing that's kind of trumped them so far their talent their skill isn't great minnesota i would argue is a more skilled and talented team even though they're young guys but ohio state plays discipline and they play really hard and they're strong on pucks and hard on pucks and i think you know with them in notre dame they're the two hardest play you know on on the pucks and being careful with them uh so i think that's what's going to separate from them getting one game at least but i think like you like minnesota's done a bunch of times they've come back really strong the next night so i that's where i'm i'm at with uh picking this I just kind of think going into this weekend, this is one of those times where Moscow can really put his foot down on the pedal and press this team. And I think he's got their attention after what happened against North Dakota. And it's their last game before break. So I think he'll get their attention. He's been pretty tough on them in in the media and I think on the ice in practice. And I think he's trying to get the most out of them right now. And he doesn't really care about, you know, raising the stress levels too much because they'll have their big break coming up. So I think we'll see a real interesting weekend out of Minnesota. Yeah, and, and they've had an insanely difficult schedule. I mean, uh, he talked about it in his, his, his show. I mean, they're top 10 teams. I think this is their fifth time playing a top 10 team. And, you know, the record's not great. But if you keep playing them and you get a winner, to, you, at some point, you know, that can switch on you. And, you know, they've been challenged quite a bit. And that's building a team maybe – to have a great second half. So, yeah, this weekend could be huge for them to to get them ready for that second half. But you know, Ohio State's not going to give them anything, that's for sure. I think one thing to be wary of with Minnesota is their goaltending has not been at the level it needs to be to be successful in games like this. So I think that's the one worry I have. You know, LaFontaine at times is dialed in. At times he has a hard time tracking the puck. He talks about making saves peripherally where he's not centered 
over things, and that gets him in trouble on rebounds. We've seen Mo have a couple issues playing pucks, communicating with his teammates, handling long shots through traffic. I think that's something a veteran team like Ohio State is going to test him on. Uh, Steve Rollick is a is a great hockey mind. He he's been watching film, and I'm sure he's going to attack him that way too. Yeah, I'll give one last thing on that, and with this game and with the goaltending, is you know Napier is really good playing the puck. He comes out and gets everything, and I mean he plays it like he's a player. So that's one thing. So dump ins and and keeping it away from him will be big for Minnesota. And then the ice, <laughs> I believe me, I played on it. It's not great there. <laughs> Uh, by the second half of the period, you know, even with, you know, shoveling it and everything, the pucks get bouncy. The glass is kind of weird. You talked about Mo playing pucks, you know, on those ring arounds, the stanchions, the pucks come off there a little quirky. So that might be some a weird bounce here and there. That's something where, you know, maybe your skill isn't, you know, you try to make that move late in the period and it doesn't work or you try to get one out, you turn one over. So that's another thing, you know, Minnesota will have to look for because, uh, you know, the ice is not going to be as good as it is in Mariucci. Well, there you go. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, Cappy, thanks for joining us again. It's always fun yeah, to no have problem. you on. It, it, wait, one more thing. Is, is is Saturday's game the only game all year that Minnesota's not on TV? It's not quite. Not quite? Not they quite. Other ones? Yeah, you, you'd be surprised how much people complain about that, but it's like. Well, all right. No, I, come I mean on. it's. <laughs> it's pretty it's a pretty good uh you know good deal for them and so only could watch it on uh on btn plus saturday night it's a btn plus thing on saturday i believe a second game at notre dame is streamed oh. only but that's the nbc sports network and that's stream. free actually I and, did that and that's once. Free, you don't yes. even have to pay for that which is nice yeah btn plus is paid but uh, that's not so bad but the friday night it's on right. big 10 network so and i'm sure we're gonna right. get to see another one of your uh you know maybe your bits at minnesota and another bit at ohio state yeah, I'm hoping, uh, you know, I they've done a couple replays already with some of the other schools, yeah. but I think it's just because there's more games, and they, you know, we did like about four at each place, yeah. so obviously, you know, Minnesota's going to be on a bunch of times, so maybe some will be half and half, because they were long enough, and we don't we only got about two and a half minutes uh, yeah. to show it, so they might, some of them might be cut in half, you know, I don't want Sammy Walker on the ice, and Tyler around campus and stuff, so. Yeah. What what was it like going back to Ohio State for that one? Did you feel at home getting getting the gear on and, and going on the ice with the guys? Yeah, it was fun. And and so there the Leanne Parker is still the same sports uh SID that I had. She was like our first year, second year doing it when I was playing. So wow. uh it's kind of come full circle because when I was playing, I always told her, hey. Whenever we're doing like a uh, a TV thing or any we're on TV and they want to be the player, I'm like, I told them like I want to do it because I you know I I saw this for myself uh, in the future and so now it's funny now I go back and I bug her for stuff because we're coming <laughs> into the TV stuff so I always thank her for that to make sure that she prepared me uh, for this career ahead but uh, yeah it's great going back uh, even the equipment manager Tim Adams is the same there so still a ton of familiar faces. Uh, and you know, one of my good friends, the assistant coaching there now, JV Bittner. So, uh, it's, it's always great going back. Ah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it makes you feel young, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I mean, being around a bunch of college guys, uh, you know, and, and, and chatting it up with them makes you, yeah, that found the youth for a couple of, couple hours. <laughs> well, thanks for joining <laughs> us, Paul. For a couple of years, I like to say, you know, yeah. 
I, you know, we, I think we're going to try to have you on again for the for the other Ohio State series later this year. And we're we going to do hold- that when it, that's not too far from now, is it? Uh, end end of January. January. End of January. That's not so bad. So a couple months. So not okay. so bad. But it's always fun having you on. And uh, no, I love it. Anytime, guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. You know. That's going to do it for this episode of the the GPL podcast. I want to once again thank Cappy for coming on the show and giving us his perspective. Uh, for those of you listening live, we'll stay tuned for some overtime. For the rest of you, you know, we'll be back next month as we now go on our winter break. But look for a few maybe uh, special podcasts or two in the coming weeks. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. 